Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more and give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including guests Kathleen Pasadomo. She is our state Senate president. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen. She's a radio commentator and personality up in Madison, Wisconsin. We'll also visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us at the end of the hour as well. It is August the 22nd, and on this day in 1776, the British arrived at Long Island between Gravesend and Utrecht with near 24,000 men ready to land in a moment, according to one observer. General William Howe's large army came into Long Island hoping to capture New York City and gain control of the Hudson River, a victory that would divide the rebellious colonies in half. Five days later, on August the 27th, the Redcoats marched against the Patriot position at Brooklyn Heights, overcoming the Americans at Gowanus Pass and then outflanking the entire Continental Army. The Americans suffered a 1,000 casualties to the British, only uh, a loss of only 400 men during the fighting. Uh, Howe chose not to follow the advice of his subordinates, however, and did not storm the Patriot redoubts at uh, Brooklyn Heights when he could have taken the Patriots' military leadership prisoner and ended the rebellion. George Washington ordered a retreat to Manhattan by boat. The British could easily have prevented his retreat and captured most of the Patriot Army officer corps, including Washington. However, General Washington, uh, William and Admiral Richard Howe still hoped to convince the Americans to rejoin the British Empire in the wake of the humiliating defeat instead of forcing the uh, former colonies into submission after executing Washington and his officers as traitors. On September the 11th, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, and other congressional representatives reopened negotiations with the Howe brothers on Staten Island. The negotiations fell through when the British refused to accept American independence. The British captured New York City on September the 15th, and it would remain in British hands until the end of the war. Love this period of history, just to think about the uh, the courage and what happened. Actually, almost it was... Uh, uh, so many things that happened that were almost uh, preordained. I encourage. Uh, I li- I read the in- Indispensables by Patrick O'Donnell. It's a great read. Really brings this whole a whole time to life. And I hope you'll just take a look at it if you have an interest in it. The Ind- Indispensables by Patrick K. O'Donnell. Well, in keeping with uh, the left doctrine that a crisis is a terrible thing to waste, the New York Times shamelessly blamed the wildfires in Hawaii that killed more than 80 people, now up to 104 or 110, and cost tens of billions of dollars in property losses on climate change. That's right. New York Times blamed it on climate change. This is fake news. There were many contributing factors to the fire, but one big one was the less obsession with green energy, which created the tinderbox. The following are revelations from news stories uh, actually published earlier. Four years ago, the utility said it needed to do more to prevent power lines from emitting sparks. It made little progress focusing on shift to clean energy between 19 and 22. It invested less than $245,000 on wildfire-specific projects on the island, regulatory filings show. 
In a funding request last year, Hawaiian Electric asked the State Public Utilities Commission to allow it to spend $189 million on climate resiliency efforts over the next five years, including uh, to protect against wildfires and downed power lines. The risk of a utility system causing a wildfire ignition is significant, the company's application stated. After the 2019 wildfire season, Hawaii Electric even commissioned a report which concluded that the utility should do more to prevent its power lines from setting invasive glass grasses on fire. Since that report, less than $245,000 was spent on wildfire projects. Instead, the utility spent millions trying to meet a 2015 mandate created by Democrats that would require 100% of the utility's electricity to come from renewable sources by 2045. Can you imagine that? <clears throat> taking all that money to prepare for something that it was due in 2045, leaving Hawaiians at risk, especially in Lahaina. The bottom line, instead of spending millions of dollars on fire prevention, as expected, experts recommended, the Public Utility Commission spent that money more on complying with absurd state law that by 2045, the state will be 100% renewable energy. You know, when you go broke, uh, woke, you not only go broke, but property is needlessly destroyed and people lose their lives. I still, it haunts me to think about this guy who was in charge of the water facilities saying that uh, because of equity, he had he wanted to turn the water off so everybody could benefit equally. Uh, to me, that's paramount to murder, quite frankly. Anyhow, it is what it is. Hopefully people will learn from it. President uh, Joe Biden was greeted with middle fingers, chants of protests, and signs that said no comment Monday as he arrived in Maui to tour wildfire damage after repeatedly declining to comment last week on the tragedy that killed at least 114 people. A group of uh, several dozen residents scorched uh, western Maui heckled Biden's motorcade as it left tiny Kapalua Airport route to the hardest-hit areas of La historic Lahaina, which was destroyed on August the 8th. Go home, Joe, the locals chanted as Biden passed by. Moments before the president read a, a scripted speech touting the federal response, despite criticism from residents who say not enough has been done to uh, help has been offered. The 80-year-old commander-in-chief has taken intense criticism, including from fellow Democrats, for appearing aloof following the deadliest U.S. wildfires in more than a century. As he drove towards downtown Lahaina, Biden passed, passed signs that said no comment. Really? $7? I think referring to the $700 per person for a hotel and so forth. Action speaks louder than words and FJB, <laughs> as well as at least two flags promoting the 2024 candidacy of former President Donald Trump. President Biden waded uh, through the aftermath of the wildfires in Maui, where he appeared to joke around about the hot ground. The moment occurred on Monday as the president mingled with the first responders, uh, prompting laughter from people nearby. You guys catch the boots out here? That's a hot ground, man, he joked. Telling jokes, Joe Biden. What a guy. It's, it's another, in another moment, the president addressed Maui's wildfire victims, and he attempted to relate to them by citing a fire he endured back in 2004 at his home. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, about what it's like to lose a home, he said. He said we, he almost lost my wife, my Corvette, and my cat. The president used the moment to commend firefighters for their bravery. According to the 2004 report from Firehouse.com, the fire at the Biden residence was contained to the kitchen. <laughs> the president. 
The president arrived in Maui to uh, survey the damage from the wildfires after 13 days. The country grieves for you, with you, stands with you, and will do everything possible to help you recover, rebuild, and respect culture and traditions, he said. An estimated 400 people have died in the catastrophic fire, with over 800 still missing. Many of them are likely uh, children. So sad. Well, uh, Tropical Storm Hillary, uh, across the pond, as they say, was uh, in, in California, uh, deluged arid parts of Mexico and then drenched Southern California from the coast to the desert. Resort of Palm Springs and inland mountains forcing rescuers to pull several people from swollen rivers. Even as the storm subsides across the coast, flooding and mudslides were expected across parts of southwestern uh, United States. Forecasters warned of dangerous flash floods across Los Angeles and Ventura counties, and fire officials rescued 13 people from knee-deep water in a homeless encampment along the rising San Diego River. Meanwhile, rain and debris washed out some roadways, and people left their cars stranded in uh, standing water. Crews pumped floodwaters out of the emergency room at the Eisenhower Medical Center in Rancho Mirage. Sunday was the wettest day on record in San Diego with 1.82 inches of rain, the National Weather Service said in a post on X uh, or Twitter. Southern California got surprised Sunday afternoon in an earthquake with preliminary magnitude of 5.1 that hit Ojai, about 80 miles north of L.A., uh, according to Geological Survey, it was felt widely and was uh, followed by several smaller aftershocks. There are no immediate reports of damage or injury, according to a dispatcher from the Ventura County Sheriff's Office, <clears throat> where we lived for 10 years, I must say, and certainly beautiful area of the United States. <clears throat> well, we're not out of danger ourselves here. The, North, uh, the National Hurricane Center announced it's tracking multiple tropical systems with three of the storms, dubbed Franklin, Emily, and Gert, uh, forming with a 24-hour period. As I understand it, Franklin is heading to Hispaniola. And uh, so uh, hopefully these, uh, the uh, wind shear and other factors will cut off these, uh, these uh, storms from hitting southern uh, southwestern Florida. Former uh, President Donald Trump said Monday he will surrender to authorities Thursday in Georgia in connection to charges, the case accusing him of attempting to illegally overturn the 2020 election laws. Can you believe it? I'm going to Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday to be arrested, Trump posted on his social media network. Trump made the post. A judge uh, set a bond at $200,000 in, ca- in, in case of uh, out of uh, state's uh, Fulton County, Georgia. Uh, Fulton County is... Um, that where he's going to be going. So $200,000 bail set for the president. Ridiculous. Well, uh, this is a letter to Governor Brian Kemp, the office of the governor, and it says, Dear Governor Kemp, we, the undersigned, being duly elected members of Georgia House of Representatives and Georgia Senate and comprising three-fifths of each of the respective houses, Pursuant to Article 4, Section 2, Paragraph 7b, hereby certify to you in writing with a copy to the Secretary of State that in our opinion an emergency exists in the affairs of the state requiring a special session to be convened under that section for all purposes to include without limitation the review and response to the actions of Fannie Willis. Of course, she's the uh, attorney uh, ca- uh, the county attorney who's bringing case against Donald Trump. And that's signed by Colt Moore, state senator. 
and a copy to Senator State uh, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger. Now, <clears throat> this letter was spent, sent over a week ago, and the Kemp has yet to respond. I think that'd be great. I have a, I suspect that in this special section, there will be a censure or some way or attempt to uh, stop Willis from her efforts to uh, interfere in the election for President Donald Trump. Robert F. Kennedy is surging in South Carolina among Democrat voters, according to a poll released on Monday. Kennedy is now uh, has the support of 24% of likely Democrat primary voters in a state that was pivotal in saving President uh, Joe Biden's flailing bid in the Democrat nomination. The poll was conducted by John Zogby Strategies and commissioned by American Values, a super PAC supporting Kennedy. It was conducted August 4th to 7th. In a three-way election today, Biden leads 55% to Kennedy's 24%, Jeremy uh, Zogby wrote in analysis. Marianne Williamson stood at 5% and 16% were undecided. In a head-to-head matchup between Biden and Kennedy, Biden's lead narrowed to only 10 points, the poll showed. The poll showed that one key issue could be uh, Kennedy and his stance against the draconian coronavirus measures that were employed during the pandemic. Looks like they're beginning to be putting together the plan for another uh, pandemic response. Uh, 50% of likely voters in South Carolina primary agreed that coronavirus lockdowns permanently closed millions of small businesses and disproportionately impacted African Americans. By this Tuesday, Kennedy will have made six stops in South Carolina in in one week, according to a super PAC in a press statement. Biden, on the other hand, has been nearly invisible in South Carolina, a single visit in early July. Uh, A lot of evidence, little things leading up to the fact that I don't think Biden really thinks he's going to be on the ticket when it comes uh, to the November election in 2024. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senate president. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Mm-hmm. 
Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambaugh says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. Everyone, every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CollierSeniorCenter.org. That's CollierSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly sit on our board. Uh, they help prepare elected officials to have winning strategies in the legislature. And you can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Uh, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, we have with us our state senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. I understand you're in Tallahassee this week. I am. I am. Uh, you know, I've been trying to get up here at least once a month for a week through the summer so I could work on upcoming legislation. So I'm working on my Live Healthy Act, which is my initiative for this year. Can you give us a, a sneak peek at what what it's all about? Yeah. So um, one of our biggest challenges in, in Florida is... Uh, having enough health care personnel to, to, to address the needs of our citizens. Mm. Uh, we don't have enough providers. We don't have enough doctors. We don't have enough nurses. And um, with the uh, free state of Florida and all these people moving to Florida, and most of them are, you know, over 55 are going to need health care. And if we don't have enough uh, providers right now, it's going to be, get even worse. And, and we'll probably get into a crisis situation sometime. So we're going to come up with some creative ways, creative funding to uh, help address that by, by you know, attracting uh, people to come into the state from other states to grow physicians here uh, more quickly and efficiently and a whole host of other uh, ideas. The second thing is technology. Uh, <clears throat> in fact, I, I read in the Naples Daily News that NCH is using technology for uh, some of its its services, mm -hmm. and we have to do that on a statewide level. So, so that's kind of the thrust at this point. Uh, so interesting. So just a couple questions. Uh, don't we have a health care shortage across the nation? In other words, are we trying to attract people from the already shrinking market? Well, that's true. Uh, so we have to make Florida a, a more uh, attractive destination. There are a lot of people who live in, in states like California and New York and Connecticut and New Jersey who uh, don't want to pay the high taxes anymore up there yeah. and uh, would like to move to Florida. And, and part of them, uh, we're hoping, are going to be health care providers. The, the other thing is um, we, we have to be more efficient in how we actually train people to serve medical uh, professions from soup to nuts, from 
the the uh, uh, technical people, <coughs> to the nurses, uh, to the physicians, the surgeons, and all the ancillary personnel. Right. So we're just taking a, a look at it and see see where where we can expedite the process or uh, make the process more efficient, more cost effective. You know, I was talking to a friend, a uh, neurologist who lived, lived in a different state. I said, why don't you move down to uh, become a full-time resident down here, become a neurologist? And he said, well, I've thought about it, but the insurance costs are too high in Florida. I don't know anything about that, but in, any thoughts or comments? Well, I, I, I assume he's talking about malpractice insurance. Yeah. Um, which I don't know how Florida compares to other places in the country, but I think the uh, tort reform measures that we... Uh, passed last session, and there are going to be some additional uh, measures passed this session uh, should help alleviate that in, in due course. Uh, that's outstanding. Well, the, the other thought is that uh, we talked about technology, but also regulations. We, uh, I think in some cases across the country, and I'm not sure here in Florida, that, uh, for example, uh, nurses, nurse practitioners might be able to perform perform some sort of procedure without the help of a doctor, but uh, nevertheless, the law prohibits uh, that type of help. And so in other words, I wonder if we have regulations on the books that make it more difficult to practice medicine. I don't, I don't believe we're any more difficult than the other states. Uh -huh. uh, the, uh, you know, the independent practice that the, that the nurses can do with some uh, supervision, uh, we are looking at that. Uh, but I would draw the line at at anyone other than um, a medical doctor performing surgery. I think oh, absolutely. I think that's a slippery slope to go to go down. You know, obviously setting a broken arm is one thing, but actually repairing by doing surgery some kind of bone damage, you certainly don't want um, anyone other than a, med a trained medical doctor. And the reason I say that is that uh, although the uh, the training for nurses and and other professionals in, in their fields is rigorous and, and, and well, uh, well done. If you go to medical school, you learn everything. Right. You have to learn a lot. And, 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 and you know that old adage, the knee bone's connected to the thigh bone, it's connected to this. Everything is connected to everything. And unless you have a holistic view of the entire system, uh, bodily system, which you learn in medical school and you don't learn in the other uh, areas that are concentrated, you really don't know what some unintended consequence could occur when you're actually cutting someone. Well, those are great points. Uh, so I appreciate the uh, the feedback on that. Uh, before I let you go, uh, last week we talked a little bit about uh, citizens insurance and your notion that we should uh, not insure people who have second homes here in Florida which, through citizens insurance. And then I thought about it, you know, uh, there's some people who, for example, may have two homes here, but might be Florida residents uh, any thought on that complication? Well, the, the concept would be uh, obviously a person's personal residence, their homestead, where they actually live. Um, if they cannot get insurance on the, on the, uh, on the uh, open market, then citizens can step in. But uh, we are uh, subsidizing insurance policies for people who live up north mm -hmm. or out west who have a vacation home here in Florida, and uh, Florida residents, Florida citizens are subsidizing their insurance costs when they have policies on, on citizens, because as you know, citizens' policies rates are lower than the uh, uh, the actual rates should be, um, and 
you know, whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, it, it is the thing. Right. And why would, why should you and I, uh, subsidize someone who has their vacation home here? Well, that makes all the sense in the world. So in other words, the homesteading would be a key requirement to qualify right. for citizens. Right. So, uh, by the way, I read yesterday that regulators are ordering citizens to trim their rates. Uh, apparently, they've had a recent rate increase, and they've, they're uh, they kind of that. Well, whole, they've asked. Yeah, of, they've asked for about a fifty percent rate increase, and uh, Office of Insurance Regulation has denied it and said go back to the drawing board and come up with a um, something that will work. You know, the citizens' rate increase was based upon the number of claims, obviously, just like every other insurance, and it's still below market. Uh, you know, at some point, there will be a breaking point. Um, hopefully, when more insurers come in the private market then uh, and the rates start uh, leveling off, uh, we won't be in the same position. But again, you know, we've talked about that. It, it's not going to happen overnight. We just passed. Uh, that wrote the robust insurance bills this past session. Uh, we are seeing the reinsurers coming back in the market. That's really good. Yep. We, the the um, OIR, Office of Insurance Regulation, has approved a couple more uh, uh, private insurers. So I think we're, get, we're starting slowly but surely. Yeah, that's great news. Again, our uh, state senate president, Kathleen Pasadena, genuinely appreciate your taking time with us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting uh, with uh, Boo Mords, and it's time to find out what's new with Boo. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratostel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Golf Shore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Golf Shore Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities with dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, Gulf Shore Playhouse is building a 44,000-square-foot state-of-the-art theater and education center on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, the state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about this season's exciting productions, Visit GulfShorePlayhouse.org. That's GulfShorePlayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. 
Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo. Boo Bortson, former radio personality up in Madison, Wisconsin, and I think she's up there right now. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, and yes, I'm back up in Wisconsin, and tomorrow are the debates in Wisconsin. Yes, in uh, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Uh huh. So, are you going to watch them? Are you going to go? No, no, I'm not going to go. Uh-uh. Uh, no, I'm not going to go, um, but I will watch. Yeah, I will, you know, I, I think uh, be, because I do what I do, I think I probably will watch it. I w- ordinarily wouldn't <laughs> because I think it's pretty much of a waste of time in my view, but I think some good things will come out. Some very interesting people who are in the race, and I, I'll cite uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, a very interesting guy and very bright guy. Uh, some of the others, and I think they're, I think they're basically uh, posturing and preening for a, a government job or some sort of appointment or perhaps some sort of a, a, a job in CNN or something like that? Well, you know, the power of TV, and I don't know if TV has the power that it once had when it was the only social medium, but to give you an example, do you remember the OJ trial? Sure. Do you know, I did not know this, that the live coverage of the OJ trial in 1995, was the most watched TV event in U.S. history, never to be exceeded. Isn't that amazing? You know, I do recall, and I also recall, it's kind of like soap operas. You I mean, you just tuned in. It was so riveting to see everything that was happening, including the discussion around the uh, some of the most boring testimony that you could ever possibly imagine about the DNA oh, wow. and all that stuff. Right. Well, to, to put in perspective, 150 million, 157 million people, Americans, watched it. The Apollo moon landing in 1969, 125 million people watched. And last year's record-setting Super Bowl, 115 million people watched it. Hmm. So there is, there is television theatrics. So I don't know. Do you know most Republicans, about 30, I think it's 37% of the Republicans think that Trump should have gone to this debate. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's actually having an interview. It's pre-recorded, I believe, with Tucker right, with Carlson. Mm-hmm. I, I would suspect that uh, my guess is that Tucker Carlson's interview with uh, President Donald Trump will probably bring in 100 million views. 50 to 100 million views. I, when I think about what's going to happen in this debate, I wonder if th- three or four million people will actually t- tune in. Uh, it could be. You know, he's, there, Trump can play to the cameras. Yeah. He's a good television guy. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that just out of curiosity, you know, I think that it's probably a smart move. Why would he do it? Yeah. You know, what, why, you know, it, it can only help him. Hell, Biden did most of his uh, debating from his basement. Right. So, I don't know. It may be a good, may be a good choice. 
Yeah, I just don't. Uh, his point, and I think it's a good one, is I don't. He doesn't see anything. What to gain? He says I'm uh, going to be interviewed by hostile commentators on a hostile network, and uh, you know, and I'm going to. I'm I'm so far ahead. Why Why do it? Why subject myself to that? And I think that's a pretty good point. Yeah, I do too. I I, I um. Well, the circus begins. Yeah. And we're all going to have. Uh, uh, election fatigue in another couple months. We'll be begging for mercy. <laughs> I think that's kind of true. Yeah, I do. And now the other question I have is, you know, Putin seemed invincible mm-hmm. for so many years. I think he's been in power for, what, 23 years. But when that coup started, that Wagner group tried to unseat him. Yeah. It kind of has exposed a weaker belly of Putin, and he's not as invincible. So my question to you is, the devil you know better than the devil you don't know? You know what, it's asking two questions, because the first question is, is he as popular now as he was before the Wagner Group uh, had the march towards uh, toward the Soviet uh, capital? And I, I understand from uh, people in the know that he's still very popular. So I don't know uh, what's happening there. But on a different front, and the question you're raising, I think, is a really good one because sometimes the devil you know is better than the one you don't, and who would be his replacement? And I have a feeling that it could be some, you know, I I think you can trust Putin with the nuclear bomb and all the things that are going on. I think he's used pretty good judgment up to this point. Uh, Other than invading Ukraine. Yeah, well, now, at, at even that point, back in the 90s, uh, we agreed that uh, if, in fact, uh, he, we would not allow uh, people into NATO or countries into NATO who were part of the former Soviet bloc, but we did just that. We violated an agreement with Putin, and that he is, you know, needless to say, if, if we had, for example, a uh, uh, country in, in the Soviet bloc or that was like uh, trying to get Mexico into, let's say, their NATO, we'd be con- pretty concerned about it. So I think we've created some of the problems that were existed that are, we're living with right now. Well, that's a good point. Um, I don't know. I think that as long as, as Putin is in power, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the Ukraine war will continue to go on, or the war in Ukraine. Yeah. <clears throat> I think Putin will continue the war until the last dollar is spent and the last man is standing. You could be right. That you know, the uh, Russians have a, a reputation for being that way. Uh, to, to me, I just uh, see the the problem that I see is that neocons they pretty much say, "Look, uh, Zelensky has a white hat, uh, and he's good." And uh, mm-hmm. Putin is bad. He's got a black hat. And it, it, kind of framing it that way, what if both have black hats? <laughs> you know, after, after all, Zelensky has uh, ruined or, or discounted the uh, competition for the ballot. Uh, he's uh, thrown uh, religious followers in jail. I mean, he's done a lot of things that we, we would fi- not find acceptable. And I understand it now. This I, I haven't. I don't have proof of this, but there is some talk that some of the money that's gone over there from the United States is coming coming back to the Democrat National Con- uh, Committee uh, for uh, the campaign. So uh, it raises these questions as well. Well, I hope that's not true. I do too. But uh, you know what? Is it plausible? I, I certainly think it is. You know, <clears throat> unfortunately, at this stage, with the politics as they are. Anything is possible. I wouldn't rule out anything. Right. 
Well, you know, Boo, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here in the show. Boo Mortensen, former radio personality in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and now en- enjoying our segments once a week. Just genuinely appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for joining us. You bet. My pleasure, Bob. Thank you so much, Boo. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Barney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get tickets. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. We have with us Seton Modley, the founder and president of Less Government. He's living in Belize. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Greetings, sir. How are you? I'm great, Seton. I hope you are as well. I am, thank you. So I, I just think about being in Belize right now with all the turmoil here in the United States. I think it's, it, how peaceful and calm it must be there. Well, you know, I, 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 it's amazing the pushback I'm getting from conservatives in the U.S. for abandoning the U.S. And, you know, they, they send me stats. Like you said, it's, oh, the crime rate in, in Belize is crazy. Well, it's, it's almost entirely Belize City. Yeah. And I said, how is that any different than Maryland? Yeah where Baltimore is insane, and where I lived in my county, Anne Arundel County, when I lived there, voted 76% for the Republican governor. Huh, interesting. And it, it, it was, 
There was very little good crime. And I was 45 minutes from Baltimore. I'm three hours from Belize City. Yeah. So it's just like, it's like Chicago. If you, if you, Chicago's very, very violent. Yeah. You go to Southern Illinois, you might as well be in Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, so it's, 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 it, it, the, the crime rate is higher per capita. But remember, we only have 450,000 people down here. <laughs> so, in, in, the whole, in the whole country? In the whole country. It's the size of New Jersey. It's got 450,000 people. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a very, very, I, I love it. It's a very pleasant place. Um, I, just, I just had delivered a, a two pork steaks, a pound of sliced pork, and a pound of sliced cheese delivered from the farm on the other side of the country. For twenty two dollars. Wow! Uh, I invite I invite you to go to your grocery store and try to do as well. Uh, exactly. So you wrote a piece, uh, DC wasting hundreds of billions on already a hundred percent internet connected America. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah. Well, you know, check your phone bill. There's a thing called the Universal Service Fund, and they tax the crap out of you. It's over twenty percent every time you pay your phone bill. It goes to this universal service fund, which is supposed to be connecting people to the Internet. Uh-huh. It, got, it collects and spends about $9 billion a year. Wow. So over the course, you know, since they added Internet to its, you know, to its mandate, it's probably spent, you know, well over $150 billion, probably $200 billion. It's been doing it for 20 years or 15 years, going back to the Clinton era. Well, then just under Biden, there was $65 billion for Internet connectivity in the alleged infrastructure bill. And there was $40 billion in the America, Build America Back Act, whatever that other act was. So you've got an extra $100 billion to connect the unconnected. Small problem. 100% of Americans have been connected to the Internet since at least the Barack Obama administration. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we don't even need uh, online uh, internet connectivity because we right, have... the, 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 they don't. The, the government only counts hardline fixed line broadband as broadband, wow. which is insane. Because they, 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 they uh, the, the industry rolled out four um, G, fourth generation wireless, in I believe that uh, two thousand and twelve, and it basically everyone was offering it by twenty fifteen. 2015 is an interesting year because Barack Obama was president then, and he released a, a uh, press release praising himself for achieving 98% connectivity in 2015. Yeah. And remember, the government's not counting wireless. They only count hardline connections to your house as <laughs> broadband, which is insane because... On 4G, anywhere you go, you can open up YouTube and stream high-def video, right. which is far and away the most data-intensive thing anyone's doing on the Internet right now. And you can do that wirelessly on 4G and have been doing it since 2015. So everyone's been connected since 2015. Everyone. And we've spent an additional $80 billion, give or take, Wow. In USF funds to connect the unconnected, and we just spent another hundred billion dollars under Biden to connect the unconnected. And then, of course, the reason the government lies and doesn't count satellite—you know, Starlink, uh, Elon Musk, Starlink 
connected all of Ukraine in about five seconds. Remember that? Yeah, I sure do. Um, and, um, you know, you got wireless, which is ubiquitous, as we know. Uh, you've got satellite, which is, you know, uh, ubiquitous, as we know. It reaches everywhere. And none of those count as broadband under the government d definition. And the reason they do that, of course, is to lie about the numbers of connect connections and justify spending hundreds of billions of dollars for no reason. Uh, Plus, uh, you know, and again, I'd like to remind everybody, Obama achieved 98% connectivity in 2015. Yeah. It's just not, you know, it's, isn't there a possibility that hardline uh, internet is going to become antiquated? It, it, on the way. When 5G rolls out, yeah. it's going to be a thousand, literally a thousand times faster than 4G. A thousand times faster. So why would you, you know, the government is requiring you to be tethered to your house for a slower connection than you'll get on your device. Yeah. It's, it's just, and, and we're wasting hundreds of billions of dollars we don't have to do something we've already done a decade ago. The waste is, that's, this is the one thing that just aggravates the heck out of me is, uh, I'm okay paying taxes, but I hate to see all the waste. Well, see, that, that, that sentiment is widely expressed, and I loathe it. Because the government doesn't spend your money well ever. It's impossible because of human nature. Right. I think I've, I think I've given you my wallet rule before, Bob. Right. If you go out on a Friday night with your wallet, and then you go out the following Friday night with my wallet. Which Friday night are you going to have more fun, Bob? Well, I'm probably going to have more fun on your wallet because <laughs> I know I'm spending your money. you don't care what it looks like at the end of the evening. Yeah. Well, the government is always on someone else's wallet, and the Friday night never ends. Right. They are not, you know, I don't mind paying taxes. I just want them to spend it better. They can't. Right. They don't. Right. It's not their money. And, and so, you know, that's why I want hey, less government. Is because they don't. It's impossible. You're asking and you know, you're asking Danny DeVito to be Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> it's, it's not going to happen. You can't do it. Um, you can't ask a bureaucrat to treat your money like it's their money because it's not their money. Yeah, no, no question. Seat Miley again, the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit the website lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Seaton, always appreciate your most well-informed and animate uh, commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure indeed. Again, lessgovernment.org. Okay, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. That's my wife, and uh, she's also well-informed about what's happening not only here locally but also across the globe. We're going to be doing that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. <laughs> Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harton Show here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. 
Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. Uh, by the way, uh, we bring bring you uh, information around uh, Lulabee's Diner every every uh, day. And, of, of course, Lulabee's Diner serves great breakfast and lunch. Now they're serving dinner Wednesday through Saturday. We go every week because Linda loves the wedge salad. So and it's great. It's informal. It's a great menu. Great value. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. Uh, dinner. Wednesday through Saturday, 4 to 8 p.m. We have with us Linda Harden. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. The wedge salad is awesome. It is awesome. And so is the grouper uh, dinner. It's just fabulous. More than you can eat, and it's just unbelievable. The preparation is great. Richie, the chef, actually uh, worked at the Turtle Club as well as... uh, one other place. Yeah, and the Turtle Club still isn't open after Eno. By the way, it's, we're coming up on a month. Uh, I, I know. mean, a year from from that horrible storm. Yeah, indeed. And boy, the people in Southern California are having a terrible experience with. Uh, well, uh, you know, I told you that. Hillary. Yeah. Well, the thirty-three thousand emails. <laughs> yeah. um, that road going into Palm Springs was just covered in yeah. in water. It was cut off, and Cathedral City. Remember that? Yeah. That was a flooded, so it was, and and by the way, that, that Dodger Stadium picture was kind of scary. Yeah, the parking lot is just flooded, so it's it's like the, the stadium itself is a, like an island out there in the, the parking lot. And, and, and let's just give a shout out to the Weather Channel, who is like awfulizing everything that's going on. That's so true, as they always do. Uh, so, uh, you know, the debate's coming up. Is that tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. It's coming up tomorrow. So uh, you want to get your thoughts. What, what are your thoughts about the debate? I think it's so funny because Fox is scrambling and to, to hype this thing. And everybody wants to see Trump, and Trump's not going to show up. And he's going to be, uh, uh, he's going to be talking. They're going to run an interview that Trump did with uh, Tucker during the debate. And so I can't wait to see what the ratings are for this thing. It's it's going to be hysterical, and Fox can't mention it. Fox is not talk, they they've banned talking about Tucker. They're trying to ban um, everything Trump, and so they're just they're just shooting themselves in the foot. 
everywhere. Isn't there a beautiful irony in the fact oh, boy. that, that uh, Tucker Carlson is going to be interviewing Trump? Now, my guess is there'll probably be uh, 50 to 100 million people who turn in to that interview to, to see Trump interviewed by Tucker Carlson. I don't think there'll be 4 million people who watch the debate. Well, what's so funny, and I don't know who we were watching the other day, but um, they were saying the low ratings of CNN and all these other networks and, and Fox is just... Fox is just praying that this this debate is going to bring him ratings. And it's going to be... A, it, here's what I predict. I predict Vivek uh, Ramaswamy will absolutely steamroll everybody on that stage in about five seconds, yeah. and then it'll be done. Well, and the reason why he'll do that is because he'll be talking positively about what he wants to accomplish. He won't be taken, as uh, Chris Christie will, I suspect Christie, Christie will put a target on Trump's back and just figure to try to annihilate him since he's not there, call him names and so forth, and that's just not going to work. Another indictment, and Trump's popularity again goes up. He's leading the field by 40 points. So I read that that Fox is, is going to try and, and bring Trump in there by by playing little videos of Trump, which is, I don't know who's running this network, but they are just, they, they're they stupid, and they think the American people are stupid. Well, and of course, uh, Rupert Murdoch, it's, uh, I guess, uh, rumored, is trying to pull Yunkin, the uh, governor from Virginia, into the race now, because he's seeing, quite frankly, his favorite son, which will be DeSantis, our great governor, is not... Uh, not performing well. Sinking like a rock. He is, and so uh, I think basically... Uh, oh, did we mention that DeSantis called Trump voters listless vessels? Well, that's not exactly true. Well, I mean, by the way, he was asked that by Martha McCallum yesterday on Fox, and he couldn't even address it. Really? He, he wouldn't even address the question. Well, he, he basically said we... He basically drew an analogy that we can't have people who are not engaged and acting as listless, listless vessels... Uh, he, I guess you could draw the parallel that, yes, then, therefore, he called uh, Trump followers listless vessels. But when you listen to the quote, that's not exactly what it doesn't happened. matter. It's too late. Yeah, the words late. listless vessel should never have come out <laughs> yeah, of his mouth. End of story. Yeah, End of story. It, it was it was the uh, Hillary Clinton deplorable moment. Yeah, I'm sorry. And, and, and you know what? Um, the people that are that are feeding money into what's left of them into the Ron DeSantis campaign they think the American people are stupid, too. They think that they can just put this... This, I mean, quite frankly, I really thought Ron DeSantis did a great job during um, Ian and during his stint in, as governor for Florida. But ever since his big-money donors have taken a hold of him, he has stepped in it one day after the other. It's just awful. He's looking like uh, Howdy Doody up there, like somebody's moving his mouth, making him say stuff that he wouldn't normally say, yeah. and it's really bad. Well, he's, he is a great governor, and I, I just really appreciate what he's done here for the free state of Florida, and uh, we continue to perform well. We see uh, our the money that's coming in from uh, taxes is... Uh, uh, even though he's lowered taxes and had tax holidays, money is coming into Florida like uh, gangbusters. And uh, just so many positive and things. And insurance companies are going out like gangbusters, oh, by the well, way. Well, actually, the reinsurers are beginning to reengage, so we're, we're pleased about that. So anyhow, uh, your, your expectations are that Ramaswamy is going to swamp the group? Well, what's really disappointing about this whole, like Steve Bannon calls them the Keebler elves yeah. that are going to be on that stage tomorrow night, not one of them has mentioned anything about these <clears throat> these ridiculous indictments that they keep throwing at at uh, Trump. at Trump and 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 
the reason that the Justice Department and everybody are doing it is because um, of Hunter Biden's. They're trying to hide all the all the crimes that Biden and, and his son have committed. So not one of them have mentioned it. Mike Pence is just now. I don't know if some of these people are play acting in in the bigger scheme of things. I mean, we could we could walk down the road of conspiracy theories all day long about what's going on here. But I am shocked and awed that people like Mike Pence and um, uh, Tim Scott and some of these people are just all all neocons. Let's throw more money in in um, at Ukraine at Ukraine and and ignoring <clears throat> ignoring what the American people care about. Yeah, which is by the way not giving any more money to Ukraine. Yeah, it, quite frankly, I think some of these people too. A couple of them are auditioning for uh, uh, for being a talking head on on one of the talk shows and that kind of thing. I, so oh, I, don't, great. I, I think some, some of them just don't have any expectation there in the race for the, for being president. Auditioning for being a talk a talking head on networks that are also sinking like a rock. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, these people are just, I, I'm telling you, on social media, um, so many of the people I follow, uh, Dave Hayes, all these people, all they can say is these people are stupid. And, and like Bannon says, um, Fox News is for stupid people. They just sit up there and talk. They think, oh, well, we were all in for DeSantis, blah, blah, blah. Now DeSantis is sinking like a rock. And so let's throw somebody else in the mix. And the people that are on Fox, I, I'm so disappointed in those people. They just follow. I know it's their, their livelihood that they need to do that. But n- these people need to be brave and step forward and, and, and tell the truth about what's going on. It's very disappointing. And you know what? Fox is going to suffer as a result. Well, it is suffering. Have. They already have. I mean, they've, uh, quite frankly, just letting Tucker Carlson go and telling him that he can't perform on any other network. So he says, okay, so I'll just do free stuff on Twitter. <laughs> he's commanding. Now, what's the latest? He's had the latest uh, interview with MacArthur. Who's the general? Doug- Douglas McGregor. Douglas who's, McGregor. Who is, a, who is a red pill truth teller. And he has has called it on the Ukraine war since the beginning. And now I just saw a snippet of Tucker's latest one with McGregor that just dropped last night, which has already almost three million views. Wow! And he's saying um, they're leading us into abyss, and it's going to have to be that way because until the people see what's really going on, nothing will be done about it. It's very sobering. It's very sobering. Well, I look forward to seeing that interview. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but uh, every interview the Tucker girl. Uh, does is so revealing and interesting. It is newsworthy, and uh, quite frankly, the fact that Fox let him go it makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, it, it, well, they're trying to save themselves. And by the, I don't know if you read it, but they let they let their lead attorney go, which who who led them into this uh, horrible Dominion deal. Suit? Yes. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. They settled that thing for $757 million, something to that effect, and uh, they weren't guilty of nothing. Am I, they, they had no reason to settle except for, I guess, is, that was the advice of the attorney. Well, the, we can go down that rabbit hole, too, because guess who's major shareholders in in uh, Fox News? BlackRock, Vanguard. Mm, yeah, so interesting. It's, 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 I mean, we could talk for hours about this because there are so many things that we haven't even touched on. Uh, there's so much going on. Like I've told you before, the news c- coming out is like a 
fire hose. It is indeed. Linda Harden, again, my wife, my beautiful wife, and also so well-informed of what's happening. I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thanks for joining us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got great guests for tomorrow's show, including Bob Levy, Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>